Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Happy Tuesday, happy Thanksgiving week to you all around the world. If you're listening here in town or on the 101 ESPN app, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Randy. This is a Tuesday that feels like a Thursday. It sure does. And uh, Thursday, the real Thursday, is Thanksgiving this week. And we're going to talk about preparing your Thanksgiving dinner with Diva Q, a shelf chef from Traeger Grills. She's going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and she's going to tell us how to make and smoke your turkey on your Traeger or whatever smoking type grill you might have. And she's got some other fun recipes for us too. And if people want to weigh in, they can use the mic drop feature, the Rhino Shield mic drop with the 101 ESPN app or send us a text at 65780. Yeah, if you have any burning turkey questions, hopefully your <laughs> your turkey's not burning. Please send them in because we are the vessel for you to ask Diva Q turkey questions. And this isn't just any person that grills Randy. She's a world champion barbecue pit master, a world champion. So ask your burning barbecue questions, your turkey questions to Diva Q. We'll make sure that they get to her. Use the the free 101 ESPN app or... And, and by the way, that's the Rhino Shield mic drop feature. Or you can just send us a text. The Air Comfort Service text line 65780. During the course of the show, we'll also be giving away a couple of certificates for Butterball turkeys. $15 off of your Butterball turkey. Not $15 off, $15 toward. It's a certificate for. Michelle, Carlos Martinez was riding his motorcycle in the Dominican without a helmet. I'm, I'm being a tattletale. I'm shot. What? Okay. What? Okay. He was riding his motorcycle. <laughs> Uh, without a helmet on a plaza in his hometown in the Dominican Republic. He had a singer named La Perversa Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the back of said motorcycle. Mm -hmm. She was imbibing of some cocktail. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what. And there were no masks and there was no social distancing. So Carlos wound up at the police department. He wasn't arrested, apparently, but does face a fine for completely flaunting COVID-19 rules in the Dominican Republic. Which player, Michelle, would you suggest was most affected by COVID-19 among the 2020 Cardinals? Well, the first person that comes to my mind, Randy, is Carlos Martinez. (laughs) Yes! You know, Lane Thomas is certainly in there, even though Yadier Molina uh, unfortunately contracted COVID. It seems like he didn't really miss a beat, but a guy that really seemed affected by it was none other than Carlos Martinez. He is just not a very sharp guy. 
And I, I understand that he's filming a video, Randy. I understand that the woman that he was with is a social media personality. Mm-hmm. He needs to get that clout. He needs to get those likes and those followers. He wants, <laughs> he wants people to respect him in the social media space. But this is just the next thing in a pattern of behavior that leads me to believe that Carlos Martinez is an unreliable member of this organization. If you're the St. Louis Cardinals and you're looking back at this track record, how can I I had already come to this conclusion Mm -hmm, before, before this incident happened. I said, when someone reveals to you who they are, believe them. And Carlos Martinez for one reason or another, has shown us that he is unreliable. And and Randy, if this instance happened in a vacuum, if this was one isolated thing, you would probably look at it and say, okay, I can understand if you're trying to film something and and maybe you, you were just a part of this and you didn't orchestrate it, how maybe it could have been a misunderstanding. But because of the history and because of the CVS law, receipt long <laughs> list of things that Carlos Martinez... That's six feet long, is, by the way. It's the incredibly long has done it it just adds to something that is already a character flaw it could be in theory if you want to just jump to conclusions a character flaw but michelle apparently at the police station he went to the sergeant and said hey can i grab a a pencil and a piece of paper and he wrote out this statement (laughs) this is carlos martinez I want to directly address the recent reports circulating about me in the media at this time. The rules and regulations established by the Dominican government are there for a reason, to keep us all safe and to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus. It is appropriate to clarify that at no time have I promoted or sponsored the event that took place in Puerto Plata on Sunday the 22nd, nor was it my intention that my brief participation in the situation could produce unwanted effects. I understand that I should have been more thoughtful about how my actions could affect not only me and those closest to me, but many others as well. I have made a mistake and I fully acknowledge it, and I promise to learn from this experience in the future. At the same time, I want to apologize to the authorities and to the population in general. That is a really heartfelt, I thought, really concise way to approach an apology. Was he remorseful? Yes. Was he caring? Yes. Was he apologetic? Yes. How do you have any problem with Carlos Martinez after that, Michelle? Randy, after he wrote that statement, did he then ask the authorities for some Grey Poupon? (laughs) Yes. May I have a Grey Poupon? (laughs) You know what? Shots to Carlos Martinez's legal team because that is one hell of a statement. I really cannot find one flaw in that statement. As you mentioned, it, it... took responsibility and showed remorse it it pinpointed the severity of of the environment that we're living in today and somebody gets it and props to them for being able to craft that so quickly and get it in his hands (laughs) because there is no way he wrote that i tell you what in all seriousness with what has transpired over the last actually more than three years but with the allegations of uh sexual impropriety, let's just put it that way, with the fight at the strip club in on the east side, with all the injuries, with all the knucklehead activity, with not working out properly during the offseason, showing up to camp with a bad shoulder. Now you got this. As you've mentioned, this is a strong pattern. I think it might be worth it for the Cardinals just to cut bait right now, 
12 million bucks, just swallow it. You did for Brett Cecil last year. Is this guy ever going to have value for you to get something back in return for him? No. And is he ever, ever going to produce for you? You're going to have him for one more year. No. So just dump the $12 million and move on. And be rid of the headache. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure th- that the Cardinals, the last thing they wanted to deal with was this. And then all of a sudden, they're having to read this news and they're having to craft a statement. And they're once again having to make a statement on behalf of this one player. And by the way, they they said he was not arrested. They're again trying to, to defend him. But we talk about the Cardinals starting rotation at best, at best, he's battling for the fifth spot in that rotation. And if everybody's healthy, he shouldn't be in the rotation. It's not worth the headache. I'd rather roll the dice on Alex Reyes. I really would. I'd, and not that that's a, a huge gamble with his stuff, but who would you rather gamble on? The 25-year-old guy who's, at least from an off-field standpoint, flawless, who's dealt with some injuries, or the guy who has all the off-field issues and injuries? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're dealing with two tough ter- circumstances versus one. Yeah, I would... I- Alex Race is a guy that I have wanted to gamble on for a long time, and I was so thrilled that he was able to get through 2020 healthy because everything that he could control, he has controlled. He cannot control the injuries that he unfortunately sustained, but he could control his rehab. He can control, more, most importantly, his work ethic mm-hmm. and his mental approach to dealing with this tough stuff. And he's been dealt really tough circumstances on and off the field with his daughter being right. sick. And he has overcome everything with grace and I have a lot of respect for the way that he handles himself. And that to me is a person who takes this seriously, who takes his career seriously, who takes his place in this organization seriously. And when I look at Carlos Martinez, it's one thing after another. And I think the Cardinals understand the talent that he has. They understand the financial investment that they've made in him. And they were hoping to get some sort of a return on that investment at some point. So I think when they looked at this past offseason and he did say, hey, I understand the opportunity and responsibility that lies before me. I have taken this seriously. I have prepared myself physically to be a starter. I am not going to mess up anymore. And they gave him an opportunity to get into the rotation that they said he had earned. They rewarded him for good behavior. And then what happened throughout the season? Yes, he contracted COVID, which is something that they can't control. And he most likely can't either. I don't really know how, how that happened. He got injured again, something that's out of his control. But it just seems like whether it's in his control or out of his control, he is unreliable for the Cardinals organization. It's always something. It's always something. It's it's one thing after another. Like I said, a CVS receipt. Yeah. Here is the official Cardinals statement, by the way. The St. Louis Cardinals were informed earlier today that Carlos Martinez had participated in a public gathering event this past weekend in Porta Plata, Dominican Republic. We are currently gathering details from this event, but it is our understanding that Carlos was not arrested, nor are there any pending legal charges against him. Certainly, we would not condone anyone from our organization knowingly violating community laws or health regulations. The Cardinals very terse in their statement, and you can weigh in with us with the mic drop feature. If you're in John Mosellock's shoes, is the headache big enough now so that you just dump the guy and swallow the 12 million bucks? Or is there a reason to keep him around? For maybe one month of production? Yeah, for me, it's a pretty simple answer for the Cardinals. I wouldn't keep him around. Yeah, I think they've given him 
a plethora of opportunities yeah. to, to prove that he wants to be a part of this organization. Think about how, how many people would love to be a part of the Cardinals and love to get the latitude and the opportunities and the trust within this organization that he hasn't proven himself worthy of, but that they've given him saying, okay, when you say that you're going to do things correctly, we believe in you. And of course, a certain level of talent is attached mm-hmm. to that. It can't just be any guy off the street. Joe Bag of Donuts is not going to get the same... Um, the same range to mess up that a guy like Carlos Martinez is. But at some point, there has to be a return on investment, and they have not gotten it so far. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. This is 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Scotty's got what's better for us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Our Air Comfort Service text line is 65780, and if you want to ask us what's better, feel free to do so. This may be like a Thanksgiving edition. I'm not sure. I haven't seen, but I have no problem answering questions about what's better in regards to Thanksgiving. Yeah, we need to get our minds there. We need to get our minds locked into the Thanksgiving menu. Mental preparation is a key for Thanksgiving, Michelle. Do you think in advance about how you're going to construct your plate? Totally. So do I. Yeah, it's very important. I'm not a person that mixes up everything on the plate. Like, BT mixes up everything. I don't. What a savage, really? Oh, yeah, like, he'll put corn, stuffing, turkey, mashed potatoes, and mix it all together. Ugh. No. Love you, BT, but that sounds terrible. I know. I've never tried it, but because it sounds terrible, I don't believe I would try it. When I was a kid, I had a plate that had different, you know, little compartments Mm -hmm. for my food because I didn't like it to touch. And now as an adult, I'm not as weird about it, but certainly I I like everything on the plate to have its correct place. I'm not trying to mix it all up. I'm trying to enjoy the flavors of each piece individually. Okay, tell me this. Yes. Do you like cranberry sauce, first of all? I like cranberries, not the sauce out of the can. Do you put your cranberries on a separate plate? Uh, normally, I'll only take a little and I'll put it in a little tiny spot, okay, probably good. in you, the center of the plate. But you don't want to have the cranberries next to the mashed potatoes. No, I would never do that. Okay, it's another sad. Would you? Thing. No, that's why I was making sure that we're on the same page here. I, I'm not a gravy person, but I think if you're a gravy person, you could put everything on the plate and then just drizzle some gravy on the top, and you're really only caring about the gravy. Right, but gravy with turkey, gravy with stuffing, gravy with mashed potatoes, all fine. You put gravy on your stuffing? Yep, it's good. I'm not a gravy guy either. Looks no. like To me, that looks like dog food, like wet dog food, stuffing with gravy. Have you never tried your dog's food? <laughs> no, have you? <laughs> have you tried your dog's food? Of course, food? it's delicious. <laughs> It's really healthy, evidently. Are we talking dog food out of a can, out of a bag, or are we talking a dog biscuit here? Oh, our dogs only do the dry food. So does mine. Yeah. Okay. And it was good. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Dogs, yeah. <laughs> dogs evidently like it. <laughs> 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for what's better with some Thanksgiving edition here today. From the 314, how about this, guys? What's best? The best pie at Thanksgiving? It is... Well, do you want to go traditional or not? Because for me, it's French silk. And one of those may or may not, well, it can't for you, Michelle. Yeah, no. Make its way into the studio tomorrow. Oh, man. I keep telling myself mentally, just get past Thursday. Mm -hmm. Just get past Thursday. There's one meal that could derail me on my 75 heart, and I'm so close to the finish line. Um, Listen, it's Thanksgiving. You got to go pumpkin pie. You got to go with the classic. This is a one day a year pie. 
This is a pie with the clutch gene. It has one job, and that's to show up on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and deliver, and it hits every time. I like pumpkin pie. I would, if given choices, though, I would go with the chocolate, the French silk. That being said, if you make your way to Quick Trip, at least historically, I haven't been here, there yet this week, but Thanksgiving week, Quick Trip usually has from Eckert's their apple pie, their pecan pie. Do they have it, Scotty? I right can now? confirm. Yes, I was and at Quick Trip last night. They got multiple pies all Whoa. over the place inside yep, there. there from go. Eckert's. Okay. The and e- they're great. The best Eckert's pie, in my humble opinion, is the apple pie with the caramel drizzle mm-hmm. on top. Heat that bad boy up. Put some. French vanilla ice cream on top. You're welcome. Excellent. Excellent. Sounds so good so, right uh, now. To answer the question, Michelle says pumpkin. Randy says French silk. Scotty says pumpkin. Okay, there we go. Thank yep. you, Scotty. Yeah, pumpkin pie is Michael Jordan game six. I mean, you just know it's going to hit it every time. Yeah, Michelle and I talked about it off air. I said whipped cream. She's in the cool whip on top. Yeah, I'm big time Fren- cool French whip silk girl. is Chris Carpenter game five against Philly. But French Silk, like Chris Carpenter, could show up at another time. Yes, exactly. Not that Michael Jordan couldn't, obviously, but I'm just saying, you know what's going to happen with pumpkin pie. From the 314, what's better, being being in charge of Thanksgiving dinner or showing up to Thanksgiving dinner and just hoping you enjoy it? Oh, if you have to hope, then I would go with being in charge. If you know that it's going to be fine... And and you can just show up and you know that it's going to be fine, then that's the preferred route. But... If there's a question as to the quality of the dinner, the meal, then being in charge of it is definitely better. I would say showing up and chilling is better because now that I am an adult and understand the stress that goes into cooking the meal, the days of preparation beforehand, the very delicate balance of timing things out so that everything is ready and warm at the same time. Thanksgiving is a sneaky, stressful holiday for the person in charge. By the way, we did get a text, and this is important, and I'm sure DVQ will tell us this in our next segment from Traeger Grills, but get that turkey now if you don't have it. If you have a frozen one, make sure you start thawing it out. If you have it in your freezer, start thawing it out. You have 48 hours, and you need to get that baby thawed out when you're going to smoke a turkey. TikTok. Yeah. From the 314, what's better, the actual Thanksgiving meal or the post-dinner food coma nap? Oh, this is a tough one. So, okay, hot take. This is not going to go over well. Definitely the nap, because usually there's mediocre football on TV Mm -hmm. and you're feeling uncomfortable and you just lull into that, that turkey coma. I also think the Thanksgiving menu, overrated. It's not my favorite. If we're going holiday menus, it's probably third or fourth on the list for me. Hmm. But that nap, that's the only time you're going to get that nap any time in the year. The only time you're going to get that mediocre football, I don't care if I fall asleep right now because the game's meh nap is on Thanksgiving. And we should point out here that Michelle is a huge devotee of the barbecue. So Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day are all probably preferred over Thanksgiving for you, right? Oh, and Christmas because we do... do, Fish pasta on Christmas Eve. We've got lasagna on Christmas Day. We we do a big with the pasta and the Italian family, which I prefer. Christmas Eve. Uh, that's what we're. I'm going with this year is a, uh, a pasta con pesh. Oh my God, pesce! Feast of the Seven yeah. Fishes. Respect, yeah. Randy. Thanks. Uh, so that would put Thanksgiving at the best fifth for your holiday. 
ranking yeah. meal rankings. Yeah, it's not even on the Mount Rushmore. But that nap, that certainly is. Yeah, it's, the tryptophan is an effective item. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's better too. I'm gonna say the nap is better as well. <laughs> Six five seven eight oh is the air comfort service text line for what's better from the three one four what's better, Thanksgiving football or Christmas basketball? Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving football for sure. Especially this year. There's some pretty good games this year. Yeah. The one, I wonder if they'll play the uh, Ravens game. They've, they've got four players out. But that kind of is the traditional start of the NBA season, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Even though they've been playing since November, they really don't get started until Christmas. And on Thanksgiving, football is the only thing on TV that you care about. Whereas on Christmas, you've got Christmas Story yep. running 24 hours a day on TBS. Somebody might want to throw Elf on. Somebody else might want to watch. Some... Are you a log? Yeah, exactly. I do. Yeah, there's got to be something else that you want to watch on TV on Christmas other than the start of the NBA season. Whereas on Thanksgiving, you know that that is a day reserved for football. Mm-hmm. From the 636 here on the Air Comfort Service text line, what's better, setting up Christmas decorations or opening up Christmas presents? I would say that simply because it's easier and more relaxed opening up Christmas presents. I'm going to say neither because I like giving presents better. That's my favorite part of Christmas is you have your gift Mm -hmm. and you're waiting for somebody to open it and then they open it and they love it and they're excited. That's better to me than opening gifts myself. I would agree with that. But decorating is a time-consuming process. It takes a lot to get your house looking the way you want it to. It is, but if, if we're going between those two things, I'm picking putting up the decorations because as you're putting up the decorations, even though it is time-consuming and a lot of people are very meticulous mm-hmm. about the way they want to do this, you're maybe unraveling lights that got tied up. You're still getting a waft of Christmas spirit. It's the beginning of essentially a month of joy and happiness, and you want to put this up because you're curating that environment for your family. Which is cool. Okay, we have uh, trees of various sizes in our house. Okay. I will let you guess how many different trees of different sizes I have in my house that have lights on them, that are decorated with lights. How many? Yes. Three. More. More? (laughs) Five? More. Oh, really? Um, Seven? More. Eleven? No, eight. Eight? I counted them up yesterday. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Jonah's gone crazy. Can we run through them? Can you count them all? This is like Antonio Camardi counting his kids. Oh, yeah. So, uh, basement, we've got a sports tree, and then in the blues room, we've got a blues tree. And we've got another one, like, that's two feet tall decorated down there that just blinks. We might have nine now that I think about (laughs) it. Uh, Upstairs, family room, we've got the, the main tree in the family room. We've got one in the bay window in the living room. Okay. Kids each have one in their room. Very cool. Uh, and then mom and dad have one in their room. Okay. And then one just magically appeared like in the dining room yesterday. And it's like a, a foot and a half tall, but it's got, she made it and it counts. So that's nine. So there's basically a tree in every room of your house. Yeah. Are you going to get a bathroom tree next? I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine that it would not. Instead of garland, you can wrap it with <laughs> toilet paper. Exactly. Thanks, Scotty. You got it. Coming up, we're going to help you prepare your Thanksgiving meal. Chef extraordinaire Diva Q from Traeger Grills joins us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carriker. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And... 
Michelle, as you know, a couple of years ago, I got a Traeger grill, and it has been a life changer. And Thanksgiving with the Traeger grill is amazing. We are joined now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line by a, an extraordinary chef from Traeger Grills, Diva Q, Danielle from Traeger, is with us to talk about building that Thanksgiving meal. Diva Q, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. So excited about Thanksgiving, and I have to believe as a chef, you are too. You know, it's uh, Thanksgiving started like two months ago for me, <laughs> teaching and uh, and literally making turkey. So I'm I'm at turkey twenty nine already. <laughs> wow! I, I would think that here we are. A lot of people are buying their turkeys today. You better have if you're going to get a frozen turkey. Uh, you better have it either getting ready to thaw right now, right? Yeah, for basically the ratio is like for every four pounds of turkey weight, you should have one day in the fridge because you want to thaw it safely. That's so important. Like, you know, you don't want to make anybody sick on Thanksgiving. Absolutely not, DVQ. And so you had sent over some of these Thanksgiving recipe recommendations from Traeger, which look outstanding. And, of course, you have a turkey on there. You have herb-crusted prime rib, which looks amazing. But in addition to the meats, you have a winter squash au gratin, some stuffing. You have a cheesecake, some smoked apple cider. And I think a lot of people, when they think about a grill, they initially think meat and strictly meat. So what advice could you give to somebody who maybe hasn't made one of these side dishes on a grill yet? I think one of the key things is is that, you know, your Traeger grill is an outdoor kitchen appliance. And you know what? It is so capable of everything, roasting, braising, you know, smoking. And think outside the box. Typically, you know, when you do, you know, a lovely stuffing, you put it in the oven. Why wouldn't you want that wood-fired, you know, kiss goodness on there? Because, honestly, that flavor will just elevate anything you put on there. And that's what, you know, the versatility is just unparalleled. So, that's, for me, it's just making everyday, you know, Thanksgiving and everyday dishes just better. If we're going to smoke a turkey, how important is brining that turkey? Well, I think that brining, whether you're doing a wet brine or a dry brine, really does help with a lot of leftovers. Um, one of the things is, is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to brine a turkey as long as you take it to the right temperature and you're eating it that day. I think where brining really comes in, because the Traeger actually provides a much more moist environment anyways, for me, brining is all about getting leftover sandwiches. I don't want to eat turkey, honestly, when I'm feeding my family. It's all about we're playing poker at 11 o'clock at night, I'm drinking bourbon, and I want a sandwich. And honestly, that is the true story of my life because I never want to eat with my family. I'm all about the leftovers afterwards. Now, the other thing is, is that, you know, wet brining, okay, so that's where you actually completely submerge that turkey. Then you can get in different, you know, particles of flavor. Like you can do an apple cider brine. Uh, funny enough, I've got a turkey in a brine right now. It's one of the Traeger's orange brines, uh, you know, teach a class this afternoon. Um but that, that brining does give you an opportunity to retain so much moisture in the cell structure of the turkey. And that, of course, gives you a better turkey experience overall. Diva Q from Traeger Grills with us on 101 ESPN. And you mentioned to me that, and you mentioned bourbon right there, but you mentioned that you like to use <laughs> bourbon in your recipes. Give us an idea of how you utilize bourbon in your recipes. Oh, okay, well, we're going to go right back to one of the ones I actually recommended is smoked apple cider. 
Uh, the recipe is available at Traeger Grills app, which everybody, whether you own a Traeger or not, honest to goodness, okay, we're talking thousands of really tried and true delicious recipes. Um, but that recipe calls for half a gallon of uh, apple cider. Yeah, my house is half a gallon of apple cider, half a gallon of bourbon, <laughs> and we smoke. We smoke the whole. We are very happy around here on Thanksgiving. I got to tell you, we are a happy, happy group of people. Um, but also things like, you know, even like everyday application. I love infusing whiskey and bourbon in a lot of recipes. It's something I do very regularly. So even things like the salted caramel apple cheesecake galette. Here's another thing. So we put sugar around the outside, um, you know, pastry. What I'll do sometimes is brush the entire outside with bourbon and then put the sugar on. Um, I love the little kiss of bourbon because it's got all those warm caramel notes in it. You know, it's got that lovely little hug of goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Diva Q, you've got bourbon, you've got poker, you've got sandwiches. Your Thanksgiving sounds lit. I want to come over and hang with your family. (laughs) I tell you. We do, we do it well. We do it really well here. Sounds like it. Well, we're getting a lot of questions from our listeners, too, DVQ, and here's one from the 314. They want to know what wood you would recommend they smoke their turkey with. Well, here's the thing. Everybody has a personal favorite, okay? Um, and especially in the United States, we have so many different regional preferences. You know, if, if you're in Texas, it's usually, you know, post oak, uh, mesquite. In the Carolinas, we've got a variety of things. Um, I love using hickory for more than, and more than any other wood. Hickory is my favorite because it pairs well with just about everything. Um, if you want a stronger flavor, I would recommend mesquite. If you want the lightest flavor we have, that would be alder. And then there's everything in between. You've got, you know, you know, you've got got so many choices. You've got apple, you've got cherry, you've got some of our blends. Um, but overall, hickory is a safe one to go with because it goes with everything. And you have that, uh, Traeger has that turkey blend too. What does that deliver? So the turkey blend is a combo rub or a combo uh, pellet. And so it's got a little more citrus notes in it and it's got some some kind of like underlying like herbage, <laughs> I guess as you would say. And and for me, that's also, you know, not everybody can get the, the turkey one. We... Um, we can get it at certain times of the year. So not everybody can, but honestly, it's got like the, the orange brine comes with it and the turkey rub comes with it, which is kind of cool. But that's a really cool combo of like oak and rosemary and maple. So it's kind of like one of those, um, it's all in kind of terrific combination of all of the things that are good. <laughs> DVQ, there are going to be people out there that don't like turkey. And I want you to tell them about your herb crusted prime rib recipe, which, as you mentioned, the app people can also find at TraegerGrills.com. So that is one of the most popular recipes because it is a tried and true. It is the easiest prime rib that will yield you amazing results every single time because all you do is literally take handfuls of herbs. And, I mean, you can use parsley and rosemary and thyme, a lot of garlic, some Dijon mustard, a little bit of olive oil, generous amounts of salt and pepper. Pulse the daylights out of it in your food processor. So, I mean, come on. It's a dump, dump, dump. Pulse, pulse, pulse. Coat your whole prime rib with it, prime rib with it, whether you're doing a bone-in or a boneless, and leave it in your fridge for a couple hours. So three or four hours is always a good idea. And then you go to the grill with it. And the thing is, is that, you know, one of the things I always say to people, it's your house. And one of the, what, what I mean by that is that if you want a smokier flavor, you put your Traeger at 225. If you just need to get things done, you can roast it at 350 to 375. The most important part of all of that, do not take it over like 120 to 130 degrees because that's a medium, medium rare, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's simple. That's it. That's, uh, that's the whole recipe. Make sure you rest it for 15 to 20 minutes before you slice into it because you want all the protein strands to relax. 
take in some of that lovely goodness back into the cell structure so it doesn't all end up on your cutting board. And that's it. And that herb crusted prime rib, I'm making it again. Uh, I'm making it on Friday again at my house. <laughs> so if, yeah. we ha- if we have the time, you recommend the lower temperature, low and slow? I like the lower temperature personally, so 225 to 250. I want more wood-fired goodness in there. But we all know how life is. Sometimes you just need to get things done. <laughs> so you can still roast You can still roast that no matter what. Um, and it's just one of those all-time super easy, easy recipes that works consistently. I wanted to ask you about stuffing, and uh, you have the Thanksgiving sausage leek stuffing recipe. But for somebody who's yeah. just going to make a traditional stuffing recipe that aren't going to the Traeger Grills <laughs> website, and they're just going to make it, what do you recommend for yeah. those people as far as making their stuffing on the Traeger? And do you put it in the bird, or do you just make it in a pan? I'll tell you right now, I do not ever recommend you stuff a turkey. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but the number one, you're going you're gonna to make the entire cooking process much longer, a good 20% longer. Secondly, there's some bacterial concerns in regards to uh, the center of the, the, the bird. So I always like to do it separate from my turkey, always, in a pan. Um, and it, additionally, I don't know how you feel about this. This is very important to me. This is one of the most important things about stuffing. I want the crispy bits. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. You go and get those tiny little crispy bits on top. And if you put that into a turkey, you do not get crispy bits. And I am all about the crispy bits. Because as the cook, I get to pick the bits I want first (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. I'm selfish. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's absolutely the way it should go. And uh, DVQ, one other thing before we let you go. This is in regards to the turkeys, and I know there's a a million recipes. But if somebody is just going to go... As traditional as they can with the turkey on Thursday, what's your recommendation in regards to putting it on the Traeger? I would recommend spatchcocking, which means you're taking out the back. We've got tons of videos on how to do that. It's super easy. Um, And if you want the easiest recipe ever, literally all you have to do is take poultry spice, canola oil, brush that all over your turkey, put it on the grill, insert a digital probe into the thickest part of the breast, make sure it registers to 165 degrees before you take it off, and that's it. It's amazing. Simple. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with a Traeger grill, and I, I love the, the <laughs> ideas that you've given us. And heck, you've done 29 already, 29 turkeys. Wow. Yeah, and I've got two more, two more today, so I'll be at 31 after today. <laughs> <laughs> and you aren't tired of them, huh? Good for you. No, I love doing it. It's so much fun to share the wood fire goodness. I love teaching. And, uh, you know, whether we're live on my Facebook or my Instagram or whatever, all those things. I mean, come on. Food brings people together. Wood fire goodness is just awesome. And, like, seriously, it's not a bad life. It's pretty darn good. (laughs) DBQ, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And I know that we'll be using these recipes not only throughout Thanksgiving, but throughout the course of the holiday season and beyond. Be blessed. Stay safe, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. That is DVQ, world champion, pitmaster, barbecue expert, and a best-selling author as well. And you can read all of their recipes at Traeger Grills. I got my carrot cake recipe at T-R-A-E-G-E-R, TraegerGrills.com. And everyone knows how I feel about that carrot cake. One of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. I'm not doing that for Thanksgiving. I understand. But I will have carrot cake during the holiday season. But Maybe they... December 16th. <sighs> 
I see what you did there, and I appreciate <laughs> it, and I love it. But they sent over these recipes, and instead of doing the carrot cake, they have an amazing salted caramel apple cheesecake galette, which you heard mm-hmm. DBQ reference. I also love that they have smoked apple cider that you can make on the Traeger. You can do everything from appetizers to beverages to desserts on the Traeger grill. And my guess is you probably don't want to go with the half apple cider, half bourbon for the kids. Probably not. <laughs> Tossing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Be hey, careful with that. <laughs> if you miss anything on today's show, don't forget to check out our podcast brought to you by I Promise. Just go to 101ESPN.com. Next up, Michelle and I will bring you Take It or Leave It. We want you to participate on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Tioli next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We want your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Michelle and Randy and Scotty will have your Teolis for us. Michelle, it was interesting to watch and listen to the game last night. And Steve Levy mentioned that Tom Brady got upset when Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Buccaneers, held some nighttime practices. And Brady said, I go to bed at 930. <laughs> and I noticed that when I've seen the Bucks this year, and it's been primarily in prime time, Brady has not played well. So I put together the numbers. Primetime games this year, Brady has nine touchdowns, five interception, interceptions, and he's been sacked nine times. Mm-hmm. In regular Sunday games, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been sacked six times. His passer rating in Sunday daytime games, 104.4. His passer rating in primetime games, 85.1. Take it or leave it, Tom Brady is too old to be playing in primetime games. Take it. Numbers don't lie, Randy. He's down in Florida. He's going for that early, uh, like, the, the early dinner special. I would imagine he's waking up super early, too. Yeah, probably. His body clock is not made for these late-night games, no. these primetime games. So, and he's been really bad in the second half and in the, at the end of these games, like the not knowing what down it was in the Bears game and last night throwing that horrible interception. He's too tired to play these primetime games. Yeah, his body is like, hey, it's av- avocado ice cream and compression right? PJ time. So there's no way to believe that Brady and the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl because it's a night game. But maybe leading up to the Super Bowl, if they were to get to that point, he could retrain his body to stay up later. He needs the early games. Or he could retrain his body, right? Just, just, yeah. I but mean, this is a guy who is very disciplined in his regimen. I'm sure if he re- identifies that being a little tired because of his bedtime is a problem, that he would just have to stay up later one night, fight it through the next morning, and then he could do it incrementally. Uh, take it or leave it. Brady does indeed utilize the early bird discount for dinner in Florida. I'm going to leave it. He's got a personal chef, I'm sure of it. He's he's not going anywhere for an early bird special. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, think when you go to a restaurant, Randy, you don't know how they're cooking your food. They use butter. They use oils. All things that he needs to avoid He'll, to maintain that temple. It won't be too long before he's able to just tear that temple down and start eating some real food. Do you think he's going to go off the rails? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. He'll be like Todd Marinovich at USC. I imagine him to be like Dwight Gooden from Dodgeball at the end when it just flashes to Brady and you're like, mm-hmm. whoa. Right, that'll be it. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight Goodman. Yeah. Dwight Goodman. What yeah. did I say? Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Gooden? Gooden. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Gooden. Yeah. Dwight Gooden landed on a different 
thing that he was addicted <laughs> to right. at That's the end right. of his career. You know what? But addiction is addiction, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> White Goodman. Yeah, b- <laughs> big time missed by me. Okay, Randy. So we know that the Detroit Lions, not great. They are currently four and six, third in the NFC North, and they're coming off a 20 to nothing loss against the Car- versus the Carolina Panthers. Take it or leave it. Matt Patricia is still the head coach of the Lions by the end of the season. I'm going to take it, but by the Wednesday after the season ends, he will not be. I don't know. I'm looking at the schedule. They've got Houston, Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. There is a four-game stretch there at the end of the season that could get super, super rough for them, rougher than normal. They're right now, they've lost four games by double digits this season. Those could be massive blowouts. And I just wonder if Detroit's going to say, you know what, we're just going to end this now get ahead on the search and pull the plug before the end of the season. And they should clean house because they got rid of Jim Caldwell, who had won, he'd been to the playoffs and won nine games, two of his three years, and they fired him anyway. They're just so stupid there. So they need to clean house and start with somebody who's logical. He's 13-28-1 as the head coach of the Lions. Come on, get with the process. Remember when a guy asked him about how they traded, I think it was they traded Golden Tate or somebody, and somebody asked him, how they were better by making that trade. And he said, hey, why don't you just trust the process? We're going to be fine here. And at the, it was Halloween, and some guy was sitting in a complete Halloween costume, and he's sitting there telling a, a logical journalist, hey, trust the process here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Remember when he was hired and everyone was like, Belichick disciple, rocket scientist. We love yeah. that he wears the pencil behind the ear. There was all of these things that made it seem like he was going to be the perfect guy for the job. Not exactly. Not exactly. 6570 is the Air Comfort Service text line, and this texter from the 314 was referring back to all of the Christmas trees that are in the Carriker household. Take it or leave it, a Christmas tree in your bathroom is called a toiletry. Yeah, oh, I got it. Oh, that's good. I got to take that pun. A toilet tree. I love mm-hmm. it. Love it. <laughs> take it. From the 314, take it or leave it, Antonio Brown has surprised you this season so far. I'm going to leave it. He's he's been what I expected he would be, including destroying the camera. I was going to say leave it. We've already had an incident, even though it was prior to his time with with the Bucks. He's it. It usually takes a few games or a few weeks for things to go off the rail. So I would say so far it's gone according to plan. Could use him a little bit more last night. They've got so many players to use though. When you have Godwin Evans. Brown, Gronkowski, and the two running backs. Boy, he's got a lot of weapons to turn to, and it's hard to feed everybody for Brady. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for Take It or Leave It. From the 314, Take It or Leave It, you would rather be Roel Ramirez, who allowed four straight home runs, than Chanho Park, who allowed two grand slams in one inning. I would definitely rather be Roel Ramirez. Everybody remembers Chan Ho Park nationally. Mm-hmm. They don't remember Roel Ramirez for giving up four home runs in his first major league appearance. We do. Chicago White Sox fans do, but that's about it. That's a good point. And yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you. Even though four times it's the bleeding continues mm-hmm. versus two times, still two grand slams. That's yes. more on the manager. The two grand slams are more on the manager, by the way. There's no way a guy should be allowed to hit against you with the bases loaded twice a second time in an inning. No way. From the 314, take it or leave it. The Blues will win the Cup again within the next five years. Take it. Yeah, I'll take that. 
In fact, that's a lock. A lock? Oh, just put the, get the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Put your money down on it. What year? Can't give you that. Oh, okay. It's just a lock. So it's just a that's, lock that's for the a next worse five. Odds. Yeah, I got to know when there's going to be a season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it took 50 plus years for them to get their first one, but we're going to say it's a lock within the next five years. Take it or leave it. I took it. All yeah. right. I love it. We're in that window right now, Michelle. Hey, I, I love the blue. I, I still think had there not been a pandemic and a disruption of this team and we would have had a normal playoff set of circumstances yeah. for them that they had a very good shot at repeating. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for Take It or Leave It. From the 314, Take It or Leave It, Carlos Martinez starts more than one game for the Cardinals next year. Starts more than one game? I'm going to leave that. Unfortunately, I'm going to take it. I think they should dump him. I don't think they will. I think that heading into 2020, they had dangled the carrot as being a starter for him to be responsible. He had some sort of incentive to work towards. If I was the Cardinals, I would be looking at the situation now and I would say, you're playing by my set of rules. And if we need you in the bullpen, if we need you to be the closer, whatever role we need you in, that's what you're going to do. That's the way it should be. And I would tell him, take it or leave it. I would have him tune into character and small and listen to the segment and I would say, take it or leave it. I would be like, we're done with the incentivizing you to do your job. I'm with you. I would too, but I don't think they will. I think we're we're tougher on him than they would be. Oh, well, he okay. keeps burning it's them. Okay. He keeps burning them. At some point, maybe that's what he needs, Randy, is a dose of tough love. Maybe he needs to realize that he's squandered these opportunities from a really, really great organization that normally doesn't give out opportunities like this. Right. He has. Thank you, Scotty. You got it. Should we give away a... Uh, a- certificate to put towards your butterball turkey here? Let's do it. All right, we will. All you need to do is follow Michelle on Instagram. She is there at M Smallman, or you can follow me on Instagram at RJ Carricker, and we're both on the Twitter machine as well. But we are going to put up, Michelle is going to put up on her page a picture of the certificate, and we're going to give you a word. We'll give it to you during the fight. At 8.30. Okay. And if you res- you're the first to respond to that word, you get this certificate, $15 for a butterball turkey. So basically, it's free turkey for you. If you want to have that, you can uh, send us, you can follow Michelle on the, the, the Instagram machine, on the gram, on the Insta. Pretty easy. IG. Yeah, there we go. So that's coming your way. Thanks to Scotty. Thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Coming up. Should the Cardinals just finish things now with Carlos? We want to hear your mic drops, and we'll give you our thoughts next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. 803, time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's Character and Smallman, and Carlos Martinez was detained over the weekend in Puerto Plata, the Dominican Republic, for being out on a motorcycle in a video, no masks, no social distancing, and violating the Dominican rules about handling COVID. And they were not very happy with him, I guess, in the Dominican. But he did say that he was sorry and apologized. The Cardinals issued a release saying that they're still collecting information. But with everything that's happened with Carlos Martinez over the years, is it now time for the Cardinals to in the last year of his contract, just cut ties with him and move on. I believe it is. I believe it is, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Cardinals are looking at the bill and they're saying, okay, 
How much money do we have invested in him? $11.5 million left. Uh, one, plus a buyout. Plus a buyout. Maybe we can get extract some sort of production from him. But I think that they probably probably should approach it as this isn't one isolated incident. This is one on a long list of times where you've proven to us that you don't value the opportunity that we have given you and really the latitude that we've given you to make mistakes and grow up. And now you're going to play by our rules. We're done incentivizing things for you. We're done coddling you. We're done in any way bending our what we want to what you want because that's really what this is this is a person that does not consider the effect that his decisions could have on other people and could have on his employer because that's what the cardinals are they're his employer and at some point if you're an employee and you continuously put your your place of employment in tricky situations and you don't do your job it's going to come back to bite you and Carlos has had so many issues, whether it was the fight, the bar fight. And by the way, that was dismissed. But there is video of a fight that happened on the east side. He was accused of uh, being involved with a woman and uh, causing some issues there. And, and that one kind of worked its way through the courts. You've had the issues where he didn't have his shoulder ready, even though the Cardinals wanted him to be in Jupiter. He spent an offseason in the Dominican working out in a different manner. And he's not worth the trouble to me anymore. Let's get some mic drops from you, though. Jake, you're on 101 ESPN. I think it's clear that Carlos Martinez isn't in the Cardinals' future beyond 2021. So with that being said, throw him until his arm falls off. If you need three innings and extra innings, put Carlos in there. If you need a sacrificial lamb with a taxed bullpen to make a start and has to go six innings, throw Carlos Martinez in there. And then if he gets hurt, that's why they have insurance for a larger contract. Well, not a bad thought. Not a bad approach. Can I float something to you? Yeah. Are you concerned at all that if the Cardinals were to cut bait, that it would be a big-time wake-up call for him and that whatever team he possibly went to next, it could finally open up the path for him to be great because he realizes, oh, wow, I need to get my stuff together. I don't think that would be the case with him. I think that he has given us enough of a track record to know who he is. And I'm, I'm not concerned about him waking up. Now, there have been people that have gotten a wake-up call by being being cut by a team, most notably the Pro Football Hall of Famer Chris Carter. But I just don't see that with Carlos because of the track record. And maybe I'm being too bitter about him here, but I don't see him maturing. Yeah, there's a level of carelessness and immaturity and, frankly, arrogance there that all of these things that he continues to do are not going to affect him in the grand scheme of things. And even if it were to be a wake-up call for him and he thrives elsewhere, I think it's safe to say that it's probably not going to all come together here, that he would need that wake-up call to be cut here to move on somewhere else. But I don't know if the Cardinals can really do anything at this point to be able to get the Carlos Martinez that they've always desired. Yeah. And so uh, we get a a text asking about the sexual impropriety, a lawsuit back in 2014 that claimed that uh, Carlos knew he had an STD when uh, he was with a woman Uh, They met in Miami in 2012, dated on and off, and she claims that in 2015, she tested positive for an STD after being with him. And so there was a a, a civil lawsuit, and uh, he, 
as he is wont to do, claimed that the lawsuit was uh, the claims in the lawsuit were 100 percent false. Hmm. So, but that's that was the other lawsuit that he dealt with. Let's hear uh, another mic drop on 101 ESPN. And this is Scott. You think Carlos Martinez is going anywhere? You're out of your mind. The organization, I don't get what is with Mazaloc and and this organization that they just love their bad contracts, pretending like they're going to work. They're going to work. Believe me, they're going to work. I know it. It's going to work. It's going to be huge. It's just embarrassing to see how many bad contracts it keeps sending out there onto the field. So, no, Martinez is going nowhere. They do have a tendency to justify contracts, but they have shown a tendency, and obviously at different price levels, to cut bait, whether it was Cecil last year or Ty Wigginton when they did with him. Scott, you're 100% right. They do agree to bad contracts and then keep guys around. But... It's not like they have never done it. And I do think the Cardinals are concerned about their image and about guys that are involved with legal impropriety. That would be the reason that I could see them cutting bait with him, not because of performance. But do you really think this instance is the the legal thing that's going to push them over the edge and say this is detrimental to our image with the Cardinals? Don't you think the things that happened prior to that would have been the thing, that the straw that broke the camel's back? I think the difference between some of the other contracts and Carlos Martinez is the upside, the potential upside. With Brett Cecil, they knew that they weren't going to get anything out of him. I think they're looking at this instance with Carlos and they're saying, was it immature? Yes. Was it careless? Yes. Should he have known better? Yes. Should he be more responsible and respectful to his organization? Yes. But I think they're looking at it as, but that doesn't necessarily affect the way he's going to pitch. And maybe, maybe we can get something out of him. Whereas oh, I he's going to pitch? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows, Randy? Who knows at this point? Lisa from the six. Like Puig, they both grew up in conditions we will never understand. Just sad for him. Yeah, it is. It's sad that he came from that sort of a situation. But I see Big Poppy. I see Pedro Martinez. I see Albert Pujols coming from difficult conditions and succeeding and maturing and growing up. And he, it just doesn't happen for him. Yeah, it's sad. But there are people that just never mature. Also, the Cardinals have surrounded him in the organization with probably every tool possible for him to straighten out or mature, I guess is a better word, mature and grow up. And he's got all the resources that he needs. If, if it's a trainer, boom, you got it. If it's so, if, if it's a guy, a no guy to walk around with you and say, hey, should I do this? Nope. You shouldn't. Should I get on the back of or should I be on this motorcycle in the middle of a pandemic with this social media singer? Nope. Bad idea, Carlos. You you could surround him with whatever you need to make sure that these type of things don't happen anymore. But it doesn't seem like that's something he's interested in. No, that's that's really the sad part is that there is so much to give and so much to get for him. And he, he's really giving up a great opportunity. Let's get one more mic drop. This is Alec. The only way I see the Cardinals dumping Carlos Martinez as if they are able to use this situation to get out of his contract. I don't think that's going to be the case, but if they can, then they should, and then they won't have an excuse to not go for an Arenado Lindor, but they won't, and Carlos will come back and then be hurt twice or three times next year. Yeah, you look at history, and that would Mm -hmm. seem to be the case, unfortunately. So we think that he's going to be back with the team pitching next season. Yes, but if it were me, he would not. 
I would have cut bait a long time ago. Yeah, if I, if I wouldn't I, have put up with yeah, this. If I have multiple billions of dollars, and I know that the Cardinals separate Bill DeWitt's money from their money, and there's a budget that's in place, and it's kind of like a built-in salary cap, but I kind of think if you have a salary cap of $170 million for 162-game season, I think you're better trying to put together a 26-man roster with 160 or $158 million and having him not on it. I agree. I just wonder if this all leads back to the Randy Rose Arena Road, if they're concerned that if they cut him and he thrives elsewhere, it's another knock on their evaluation or the fact that a player couldn't thrive within their system. You got to be good at and have confidence in your evaluation that the people that you're going to keep are going to be good and the people that you're getting rid of are not going to be good and if you don't have confidence in that then there's a big problem with your organization and it's apples and oranges it's the evaluation of a talent where you got something major for him in return it just we don't know what the outcome of that is going to be yet we have to wait and see what Matthew Libertor blossoms into but on the surface that looks bad and with Carlos you've given him every opportunity but I think the general public would not look at the long track record of things that the Cardinals have had to deal with with Carlos Martinez and if he went to another team and became a lockdown rotation guy that would be the headline and that would be the narrative when John Mozeliak talked to the media about the Randy Rose and Rainer trade he said we have to know our players better than everybody else does they should know Carlos Martinez really really well not only physically but mentally right now and they should know what his capabilities are I can sit here in Creve Corps and watch him pitch and say you know what even when he's on the mound he is not there mentally all of this other stuff I I, I can put that to the side yeah. and just say I know that he doesn't handle adversity. I know that he just loses it when something doesn't go his way, and he's not a winner. I also think we have this long list of things that we know about. What about the things that we don't know about? What about the things that the Cardinals have kept in-house over the years that the media or or through the law enforcement or court systems, we have not found out about? I bet that list is double what we know. I would think so. One other thing that just struck me. Would you feel comfortable if the Cardinals were in a playoff scenario in 2021, and even if Carlos Martinez wins 17 games, would you feel comfortable starting him in a playoff game? That's such a tough question. There's no way that I would feel comfortable because I I just feel like if something goes against him, that he's going to melt down. I guess it would depend on what he looked like that season. You said Mm -hmm. if he won 17 games, I would have to go with immediacy bias. What has he given me in the the game or two to three games prior to that? What's his mental state like? But no, I would would have an ulcer. I, I might roll with it, but I would have an ulcer. I'd be sweating it out every single pitch. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, and that was our fresh take. A lot of teams in the playoff hunt in the NFL. Contender or pretender? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, NFL contender or pretender. Scotty, what do you got for us? All right, this one is the Buffalo Bills. Pretender or contender? Absolute contender. Remaining games include a win over the Chargers, a win over the Niners. They do have Pittsburgh. They might be the team that beats the Steelers. Then Denver, New England, and Miami. They might only lose one more game, Michelle. 
absolutely contender for me too, Randy. You have immense improvement this season from Josh Allen. And it seems like it's going to come down to the Bills or the Dolphins. And even though the Dolphins are, are our team here on Carriker and Smallman, and I really like what they're doing, to your point, I think if you look at the remaining games on the schedule, I like the Bills. All right, contender or pretender, the Tennessee Titans. Michelle, I don't think it matters what happens this weekend with the Titans-Colts game. And the Titans are at Indy, but they get the Browns at home. They're better than Cleveland. They'll win that game. They're at Jacksonville, (laughs) win. They play Detroit, win. They go to Green Bay. That might be a loss. Then they wrap up with the Texans. They might only have two more losses, which would get them to... 11 wins. Contender, they're in. I think we've seen, too, what this team can do. Imagine them in a playoff scenario. Depending on who they match up against, I would say maybe seven or eight times out of ten, you're going to like that that Titans team, right? They're scary. They're built for the playoffs. Yes, they are. Contender or pretender, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, Las Vegas Raiders. It still sounds weird to say that, doesn't it? Randy, if they're going against the Chiefs, which they potentially right now could play them in round one, you've got to like your chances. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now, are you afraid of any team more than the, the Las Vegas Raiders? No. Well, yes, Pittsburgh. I know people are saying the Raiders, but yeah, I'm, I'm more afraid of Pittsburgh than the Raiders are. I don't know. I might be more afraid of the Raiders because they beat you once. They almost beat you twice. They seem to have your number. The Raiders are 6-4. and They've got games left against Atlanta. That gets you to seven wins. The Jets, that gets you to eight wins. The Colts, probably a loss. But then you have the Chargers, nine wins. Dolphins, ten wins at Denver. So they're an absolute contender again and probably an 11-win team that is the number one wild card in the AFC. All right, contender or pretender, the Indianapolis Colts. I I would say contender, Randy. Um, Looking at the remaining schedule, they have the Titans, the Texans, the Raiders, the Texans again, the Steelers, and the Jaguars. Certainly a winnable remaining schedule for them. And after that huge overtime win over the Packers, they are in first place in the AFC South, and they are proving that they're getting better week to week. I think that they have a great chance to win that division, and obviously the win the other day has a, a big bearing, but this weekend is going to determine who wins that division. I think they only lose two more games and they're another seven-win team. So I I think they're another 11-win team in the AFC. So I think we've got some major contenders with all the teams that we talked about. Bills, Titans, Raiders, and Colts, which is bad news for the Ravens and the Browns in the AFC. The one thing about the Ravens, too, even though it seems like they're done, when you listen to their post-game comments this past weekend, they, Lamar was saying, it looks like that team wanted it more than us. It just seems like what their demeanor and the things they're saying, too, even despite the schedule and the, the odds stacked against them that the Ravens have given up. Well, they lost their two best offensive linemen. They've lost both running backs, their top two running backs for this week's game against Pittsburgh. They lost their best interior defensive lineman in Brandon Williams, the St. Louis. Lamar's not playing that great. They only have one wide receiver. They lost their best blocking tight end, uh, Nick Boyle, for the season. They just have had too many losses, and they've got a tough schedule coming up, too. I think that, and I like the Ravens, I, I think that they've just got too many roadblocks standing in their way if they we're going to make the playoffs. And their schedule, by the way, is pretty brutal when you include this week, the Thursday game against Pittsburgh. But then you've got Dallas at home. You go to Cleveland, and that's iffy for a team that's as beat up, beat up as they are. Jaguars, the Giants are playing well. Then they go to Cincinnati. But the games that they've lost already are the ones that are going to crunch them. Can I throw one curveball at you? Yeah. A team that wasn't on this list. 
a team that beat the Bucks last night, 27-24, that is sitting on the top of the NFC West, 7-3 and three right now. How about the Rams? They're playing great defense, and the, the fact that San Francisco is so beat up, I think, gives them a great opportunity. I think that division is going to come down to their remaining game with Seattle, and they still have to visit Arizona too. Twice, or yeah, they they play the Cardinals twice still. Right, they've got a game at it. Yeah, two games against the Cardinals, so they'll have their hands full once they finish that game against the 49ers at Cardinals, Patriots at home. Uh, the Jets aren't going to be really tough at Seahawks <laughs> and Cardinals, but they should absolutely be a wild card team, if not the division champion. That is pretender or contender in the NFL on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight for you. Stick around. It's next. We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It is 831, that time check brought to you by Clarks and Jewelers, which is an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's time for the fight. Randy is mega mind. He rarely loses. Let's bring in his competitor today. See if he can take him down. TJ is with us. Good morning, TJ. Good morning. How you doing on this Tuesday? I'm doing okay. Just on my way into work. Oh, nice. Well, hopefully we can kick off your day with a bang. Hopefully you can get a win versus Randy. We'll see. All right, TJ, question number one. When Sam Bradford tore his ACL in his left knee back in 2013, who were the Rams playing against in that game? Was it the Panthers, the Cardinals, or the Colts? Panthers. Question number two, TJ. How many Super Bowl appearances does Tom Brady have in his career? Seven, eight, or nine? Question number three for you, TJ. Which NHL team was the last to repeat as Stanley Cup champions? Was it the Penguins? Was it the Blackhawks? Or was it the Kings? Penguins. And your final question, TJ. How many times has Carlos Martinez been an all-star? One time, two times, or three times? Hey. (laughs) One Final answer, TJ. You said that with a question mark. Just want to make sure. Yeah. (laughs) Your reaction to the Carlos question was great. Checking score here. Randy is on his way in. Oh, already in the studio. He's locked in today. He's locked in. All right, Randy, as you put your headset on, please say good morning to your challenger. TJ is your opponent today. TJ, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Everything's great. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Okay, Randy, I hate to do this to you with question number one, but we're we're bringing up some dark memories. Question number one, when Sam Bradford tore his ACL in his left knee back in 2013, who were the Rams playing against in that game? So that would have been the first ACL injury, and that was uh, that uh, Mike McNeil? No, it wasn't Mike McNeil. Mike something of the Panthers with the... uh, the bad hit, the the cheap hit, the brutal hit. It's terrible. Question, was uh, the Panthers. Question number two for you, Randy. How many Super Bowl appearances does Tom Brady have in his career? He's won six. 
And he has lost to the Giants twice and the Eagles. So I'm going to say that he is 6-3 uh, and three and has played in nine. Randy, which NHL team was the last to repeat as Stanley Cup champions? A few years ago, the Penguins did so. They were the last ones. Found a question for you, Randy. How many times has Carlos Martinez been an all-star? Dos. Two. Whew. We weren't kidding when he said he was locked in. We have a winner. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! We have a winner and still champion, Randy Carricker! Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs. Good job, good effort, TJ. But as you heard Jack Buck there, Randy beat you. He got all four correct. You only got two. Let's run through the answers here. When Sam Bradford tore his ACL in his left knee back in 2013, the Rams were playing the Panthers in that game. What was the second one? Preseason versus the Browns? Yeah, that's what I thought. Man, brutal. Tom Brady has nine Super Bowl appearances in his career. 2001, 2003, 2004, 2007. All tainted, by the way, those three. 2011, 2014, 2016, 2017, 2018. It's a lot. It's a lot. The Penguins were the last team to repeat as Stanley Cup champions in the NHL. They went back-to-back in 2015-2016 and 2016-2017. And Carlos Martinez has been an All-Star two times. Do you remember the years? Uh, 14 and 16, maybe? Close. 15 and 17. Okay. TJ, thanks so much for playing, and happy Thanksgiving. You guys too. Thanks a lot. All right, TJ, great to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. And Michelle, using the power of social media, has put up a picture of a certificate for $15 toward a Butterball Turkey. If you want to get a Butterball Turkey that costs $15, you can if you win the certificate from us today. So what you have to do is be the first to respond to her post. Have you already told them what the word is? I have not. I have not. So what it is is it's a picture of the certificate in my story at M. Smallman on Instagram. Um, And it's a story, not the feed. That's right. It's in the story. You'll see it. You can't miss it. It says Butterball on it. And I said, hey, listen to Carriker and Smallman at 830. You're going to get the word to win a turkey certificate. And the word is coming up in just one second. But all you do is you reply to the story with the word. The first person to reply is going to get the certificate. And you might already have a turkey. It may already be defrosting. But you could be a good Samaritan. You could do a random act of kindness and you could win the certificate and give it to someone else in need. Or you could just save the certificate and use it for Christmas. That's right. Or you could do a backup like I'm going to do this weekend, do another turkey because it's fun. <laughs> That's You could do one on the grill and you could deep fry another one. As our friend Diva Q, our new friend, our new barbecue friend Diva Q said, you can't go wrong doing it on the Traeger. And I asked her how important it is to do this, to brine a turkey. And that will be our word, brine. The word to win is brine. Should we tell people how to spell that? Yes, I think that's a good idea. B-R-I-N-E, brine. So that's the magic word. Just go to Michelle's Instagram story and be the first to respond with the word brine and you will win a certificate. You can come by here at 101 ESPN, pick up the envelope and then head down the road to Schnooks and pick up your turkey. So is your turkey already defrosting, Randy? Yes, it is. Both of them? I'm ahead of the game. No, no, the other one will come out of the freezer and into the fridge this afternoon. So when you do the two turkeys, are you doing them both on Thanksgiving or you're doing one on Thanksgiving, one the next day? One on Thanksgiving and then we'll have one. I'm actually going to deep fry it on Sunday. 
because I've got a deep fryer too. Oh, you've got all the fixins over there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a turkey guy. <laughs> Absolutely, are. I've only done turkey on in the deep fryer though. I've got a there's other things to do in the deep fryer, and I'm going to do that. 2021. One of my New Year's resolutions is going to be to utilize the deep fryer more to deep fry more stuff. And I may or may not get an air fryer for Christmas. So I do not have an air fryer. I've never used one. Everybody I know that has one sings its praises. They're obsessed with it. BT tells me it's a game changer. That's why I asked for it. Brad Thompson's a big cook, you know. I didn't know that. He is. Does he and have a specialty dish? That's a great question. we got to call him and find out. But he he does the air fryer, and he's got an outdoor kitchen that he had made, so he does oh, a lot of things cool. outside. Yeah. So And, and he, he does breakfast for the kids and everything, and like... Smiley face pancakes. Yeah, he's really good. I could see that. I could see him being the fun dad that makes very cool things for breakfast. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be the cool dad, too. Oh, he is already the cool dad. Right. No but doubt. When they're teenagers, he'll be the cool dad. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I can see Maybe not strict. totally cool. No, he'll be he's going to be strict. But... He'll be strict, but it'll be cool. He'll be the dad that everybody wants to come over to their house and he'll like messing with his kid and his kid's friends. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. He'll, he'll be like, oh, are you FaceTiming a girl? <laughs> Exactly. He's so funny. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to talk about the Steelers and the NFL with our friend Kerry Davis. He is a Super Bowl champion. We miss him, and he's going to join us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Randy and Michelle, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend, teammate, the one and only Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion, joins us. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Everything's good. First thing I got to ask you, your favorite Thanksgiving side. <laughs> oh, dressing. Mac and cheese. Well, can I get two? Yeah, you can. Mac and cheese and, and dressing. Those two. And and, and greens. And really, really, I, Randy, all of Thanksgiving is my favorite. Uh, so for you to ask me to choose one is like making me choose my favorite child. So I, I would have to say all of them. <laughs> Serious business here. <laughs> CD, do you do the turkey in your household? Yes, turkey, ham, uh, yeah, we do all of it. So, yeah, I, I enjoy everything about Thanksgiving. It's, um, it's everything to look forward to. I just get so excited. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a couple of days from now. I think what Michelle was getting at is do you prepare it? Yes. Are you uh, Are you no, on the grill? No, 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 no. I, I, I like to keep my house intact, and I don't want to fry a turkey <laughs> and burn my house down. So I choose to not personally fry or, or deal with any of the uh, cooking. I do make some mac and cheese. It's pretty good. But other than that, I leave everything else up to my mother. She does. She does a very good job. Very nice. Hey, uh, we got a text here, and I'm going to have you respond. This isn't me. This is the text machine from the 618. Hot take. The Steelers are pretenders. They haven't beaten anyone of note other than the Ravens, <laughs> whom they barely scraped by. Your response, sir? Uh, I, I don't know if they've watched any Steelers games. I think the Steelers are 10-0. They are the only undefeated team. Their defense is number one in uh, tons of categories. Uh, I don't know if they saw the game last week where Fitzpatrick and Edmonds both had two picks each. Uh, they have a 60-some-odd game sack um, uh, streak going on where they, they've, they've sacked the quarterback in 66 or 67 straight games, closing in on the all-time record. Defensively, they are playing at an extremely high level. And then they have uh, a guy by the name of Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, who are all three exciting to watch on the offensive end. Uh, An old guy, I can call him old because we're the same age. He's my former teammate in in Ben Roethlisberger, who is playing at at an MVP level. 
So I, I would say, Texter, I think you probably may be a Ravens fan <laughs> and kind of sulking because they aren't playing that well. And you should cheer for the Steelers. Your life will be much better. But, <laughs> oh, That's just my opinion. Carrie, <laughs> you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger playing at an MVP level. And he's in some MVP discussions, but it seems like people started with Russell Wilson. Now they've shifted to Patrick Mahomes. And when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, not only what he's doing this season, but what the Steelers are without him. Tell us why you think he should be the MVP. Well, I think, like I said, they are playing at such a high level right now, the entire team, and, and you know, you're the, the only undefeated team uh, still remaining. Um, he just He's just proven to come back from the injury that he had where most people thought you know, his season would be done, well, his career would be done, his season was done last year, thought his career would be over. There was no way in, in the world he would be able to come back and play at this high of a level. Um, I, I definitely think that he's, he's proving, you know, week in and week out that he's, he's in that MVP race. I, I I think it'll be hard to go against Patrick Mahomes, though. I think we're kind of at the point with, with Patrick where we we kind of take him for granted, and that's crazy for for a guy to to um, to start taking him for granted already uh, because he does it so effortless, effortlessly. Uh, you know what he's going to do. I think MVP race is, is is Patrick Mahomes and everybody else, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ben if they continue to play at that level. If he's able to slide in, if, if Patrick has a couple of that, couple of games off, and, and Ben is able to slide in there, Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champ, with us on 101 ESPN and CD. I, I look at your Super Bowl team, and the Steelers have been good ever since then. But the only guy left is Big Ben. But when they replace people like Rashard Mendenhall, when they replace a Willie Parker, and they they keep bringing guys in. I know you don't like it as a player, but how much do you appreciate, as you get further away from it, how they just keep replacing good players with other good players? I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I think for them to always, I mean, you have you have Willie, then you have Rashard, then Le'Veon, then you get James Conner, you know, always having the, the, the foresight to be able to, to understand that this guy can come in and help us right away if the other guy is not, if the other guy leaves, or if the other guy gets hurt. I think at the receiver position, what they constantly do is amazing. You know, I, I look at, you know, all the way back to, I, I say all the way back to, but just going back to Plexico and then, you know, Hines and Plexico and then you have um, Santonio and then you, then you draft Antonio Brown and now you get Deontay Johnson and Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I think it's amazing what that, what that staff does as far as, um, you know, just finding players and being able to, to realize, to evaluate the talent. And, and some of those guys may not be, I don't think people had Chase Claypool as high as on their board as the Steelers did, and, and they were excited that he was able to go when they were, when they were able to get him. So, you know, just being able to evaluate talent, finding people that others may not see in, in such a high light, I think they do a great job of it. And, and then those guys, obviously, once they get in, they're getting coached up very well to be able to go out there and play and make success and have success on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, <laughs> uh, whatever day they play on. Um, but it's just it's it's just good good coaching, good. Good evaluating, you know, throughout the entire the entire organization, they all do a great job. And you mentioned good coaching, CD, and the common thread there is Mike Tomlin. And whether it's the consistent success that the Steelers have had, or the way that he's able to extract the best out of players like Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell, some of the the stuff that he was able to keep in house that we now see playing out quite differently in other places, he's really done an exceptional job. Do you think that Bill Belichick and the Patriots' dominance over the past twenty years has in any way overshadowed what Mike Tomlin has been able to do in Pittsburgh? Um, yeah, I think because they've done because the Patriots were were 
going to Super Bowls in the AFC Championship game. I think was it not uh, eighteen times out of out of Brady's career, something like that. something crazy. Um, he won nine of them and and made it to the Super Bowl that many times. So I think it's just it's just the fact that they were so dominant in their division, so dominant in that conference that Mike Tomlin was uh, was looked over. But I think people are now seeing. I mean, he's never had a losing record his entire tenure. He's always. I mean, even last year where they I think they ended up eight and eight, uh, where Ben missed pretty much the entire season. Mike Tomlin is a person that that you know he demands guys to do their job. You know, do your job correctly, um, but he also understands that that we're all human. We all have things going on, but we, he wants you to be successful. He wants to be successful, and he, he's he's really a player's coach. He's gonna he's gonna thrive to 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 get everybody in the right direction. Everybody rowing in the right direction, and there are no excuses. You either got it done or you didn't. And and you know the excuse of people being hurt, the excuse of 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 anything. It's not accepted. We're going to get the job done regardless. However, we have to do it. You know, whoever has to get it done, we're going to get it done. Um, and and he understands that. He understands that aspect of the business. It's interesting. He's a Tony Dungy disciple, and Dungy's catchphrase was "No excuses, no explanations." I'm sure you heard that from Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it's a pretty good way to go about life. Well, Mike Tomlin always says it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever it is, that's what it is. We're gonna whatever we have to do. That's what we're going to have to do to get it done, and and pretty much that that boils down to no excuses. We got to get the job done, you know, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's going on on the outside. Um, you know, this season this season has been a, a really really interesting season because of the COVID issues and all the things going on. And I can guarantee you, they are focused on playing Thursday night, whether the Baltimore Ravens will be there or not. <laughs> they are they are solely locked in on what Pittsburgh has to do. Um, in order to beat the Baltimore Ravens, if they are able to play Thursday, if they move the game to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever they decide to play, that's the mentality that 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 Mike T really instills in his teams is we got to play regardless. You know, we're not worried about any other circumstances outside of this room, and and you know, it's really it's really showing this season because, like I said, in all phases of the game, they're playing at a high level. Kerry, this is a question I would never ask an active player or coach, but I'll ask you because you have the benefit now of hindsight and watching a lot of teams. Would it be a good thing for the Steelers to lose a game before the playoffs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, I mean, we, there, no. I think that is, um, you know, that, that narrative of getting it out of the way, nobody wants to lose. Everyone, everyone wants to go undefeated and, and win every game you, you play. Um, and if you can, then do that. I don't. I don't believe that that losing at any point is a way to to win. I think if you have a great team and you're playing at a high level, the way that they are now, if if it gets down to you know week sixteen, week seventeen, and you may want to rest some guys and you end up taking a loss there, you know that 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 may happen. But um, I definitely don't agree with the notion of losing games to get it out of the way. I, I as players, even if even if those starters don't play. Uh, trust me, trust and believe that those second-string guys, third-string guys, that pressure is on them to continue to win and and maintain that streak uh, because nobody wants to be the reason why we are 15-1 and one or 14-2 and two as opposed to 16-0 and 0 going into the playoffs. And, C.D., I know Michelle wants to ask you about the Illini, but one more question about the Steelers. If they play Kansas City in the playoffs, how do the Steelers beat the Chiefs? Oh, you got to figure out a way to get to 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 get to Patrick Mahomes and and ruffle his feathers. I think just really, um, 
maybe adding more pressure to them. And, and, but that the issue with that is they have so much talent at the receiver position and, and tight end position that when you rush more guys, you obviously have to run man coverage. And you don't really want to play man coverage versus Tyreek Hill. You don't want to play man coverage versus uh, Travis Kelsey because those guys are so dominant at their position that they will beat anyone. And if Tyreek beats you, it's normally going for 80 yards. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the real stress that, that defenses have playing against uh, a Kansas City team because they you can't rush Patrick Mahomes. You can't sit back in zone because he'll have all, time, all the time in the world to pick you apart. So it's, it's really pick your poison and, and pray that if you do rush, you get them on the ground before you can get the ball out. Carrie, of course, we have to wrap this up asking about our fighting Illini. After they yes, <laughs> they drop three, they have back-to-back wins versus Rutgers and Nebraska. They're sitting at two and three right now. But where's your confidence level in the state of the program? Oh, because this is a weird yeah. year, and I don't really know yeah. what to make of it, but I'm just thinking about the confidence level that you have in Illinois moving forward. Well, I, I mean, it's always good to win, obviously. Uh, Rutgers and, and Nebraska had playing at a high level right now either. Um, but you go and win the games that you're supposed to win. Uh, we got Ohio State this weekend, I believe, which is going to be a, a, a challenge to say the least. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, they, we felt that way last year against Wisconsin, and we went out there and beat them. So, so I think that, that a defining win, I mean, the Wisconsin game last year was, was a good win, was a very good win. Uh, the Michigan State game last year was a very good win. But if you were able to find some kind of way to, to – Eke out a win against an Ohio State team who most think is going to be in the, the Final Four uh, when the season ends. Um, I think that that will be – that. then I will know what this program is. I mean, I think we're still kind of on the fringe of figuring out what it is we can do and what it is we are and who we'll be. Um, a big win like that, and, and I may be talking crazy. I know a lot of people like the Ohio State. Yeah, right. No way in hell they'll ever beat them. Uh, and, and you may be right, <laughs> but <laughs> – uh, that to me would be the defining win of this program and, and really uh, set forth because I said that the, the Rutgers game, I was nervous the entire game and I don't feel like we should have been <laughs> the the Nebraska game. Nebraska is not the Nebraska mode that we we've grown accustomed to. So um, well, I, I, I'll just say it's still left to be seen. Uh, Michelle, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still worried and still trying to figure it all out. So hopefully we can add a couple of more wins before the season is over. Kerry Davis, always good to hear your voice. Have a great holiday season. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, my man. That is the great Kerry Davis joining us on 101 ESPN. One of the more fun, enjoyable conversations we can have. Always enjoy talking to CD. He's, He's the best. Great. And uh, so he says to the texture, watch the Steelers. You have the opportunity on Thursday night. We'll be tuned in. Yes, we will. Coming up, today's big thing. Did Carlos Martinez break any trust the Cardinals might have had in him? That's coming your way. Plus, we're going to give away another turkey coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. 904, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. A couple of notes before we get back to our Carlos conversation. Michelle, the Atlanta Braves have signed Charlie Morton, formerly of the Astros and the Rays, to a one-year contract worth $15 million. Of course, Atlanta had been rumored to be interested in Adam Wainwright. You have to wonder if signing Morton would change their interest in Wayno. You would think logically it would. From a financial standpoint, most likely. And I wonder if Wayno, uh, if that changes his mind at all. If he ha- 
maybe was looking at that as a potential opportunity or if he had his, his heart set on the Cardinals or nothing or the Cardinals or the booth or I just wonder how that may shape his decision. He talked about he and Yachty being a package deal. And the rumors have been going around that both New York teams are interested in Yachty. Could you envision Adam Wainwright with the Yankees? Because they have a lot of starting pitching issues. Sure. I could see them wanting to take that family to New York. I I think if you're Adam Wainwright and you're a competitor and you realize that your buddy and Yadier Molina is going there, you look at the construction of the team and the chance you have to maybe win again. You look at the money that they might give you, because even if money is not the deciding factor and you say, okay, while this may be difficult for one year for my family, the chance for me to close it out with my partner here and potentially win again. Yeah, I think he might figure it out, even though it would be a lot. Try to win a World Series. That's what it's all about for those guys. That's oh, yeah. why they're playing at this point, right? At the end of the day, they're competitors. They're, those two are two of the ultimate competitors. And if they truly believe that they... And think about how special that would be for them to, at the very end of the careers, be able to win again together. I think as much as they cherish their time with the Cardinals and they cherish their place in the Cardinals organization, if they have an opportunity to win together, they're going to go wherever they can. Teammates forever. I would think individually, if they think that they have a chance to go somewhere and win, whether it's in St. Louis or elsewhere, they're going to weigh that decision pretty heavily. We also had a text, somebody suggesting that the Cardinals have interest in Renato Nunez of Baltimore, DFA'd. A couple of years ago, he had 31 homers, 90 RBIs, and a 771 OPS for the Orioles. An 816 OPS this past season, 12 homers, 31 RBIs. Only 26 years old, and he was DFA'd by the Orioles. I wonder if the Cardinals will have interest. They could use some pop at third base. Yes, they could. That would be that would be interesting. Although they, they have Matt Carpenter. Pop, not pop up. Oh, <laughs> well done. I know that was mean. Sorry. Sorry, Marp. Love you. Okay, Michelle. For you and me, and I think most Cardinal fans, Carlos Martinez had used up any level of trust we had in him before yesterday, before we found out that he had been involved in that situation in the Dominican. The Cardinals have been pretty staunchly behind him in the past. With the Cardinals' release saying, we are currently gathering details from this event, that it is our understanding that Carlos was not arrested and there are not any pending legal charges against him. With that sentence... Do you believe that the Cardinals' trust in Carlos Martinez has been exhausted? I think the trust in in Carlos Martinez already was exhausted. I think they were trying to make chicken salad out of chicken Mm you-know-what. I think they looked at the money they had given him, and they thought, okay— Based on everything he's already dealt with, things information travels in baseball. And I would not be surprised if they realized that they probably couldn't move him or that their options with him were limited. And so their best option was to try and make it work in-house. I don't think that that means they trust him. I think that they were just trying to get something out of the contract. A lot of reaction from you. Here is a mic drop from Evan on 101 ESPN. I completely disagree. I say you cut ties with Carlos Martinez at all costs. It's a point on principle. He has been a complete clown and has shown disrespect to everyone, including his teammates and fans, on his actions outside the field. He has made lots of decisions like this, and he should just be cut. Some people, Randy, if they put their hand over the fire and they get burned, Mm -hmm. they say, ooh, that was awful. That sucked. I'm never going to do that again. 
it's going to end up badly mm-hmm. for me. Carlos is the guy that puts his hand over the flame and he gets singed a little, but not completely burned and continues to push and push and push and see how many times he can put his hand over the flame before he gets completely burned. It is a clown show. There's no doubt about it. Evan called him a clown. It is. And for the Cardinals, if you're dealing with any ounce of an identity issue, which you are, let, let's be real. The Cardinals are a very revered and proud organization. And the conversation surrounding the club right now is that they let Randy Rosarena go. And, you know, do we have the evaluation in-house needed to get it done? The the conversations within baseball and within their own fan base are not exactly positive right now. And then you add Carlos Martinez into the mix. And I think had this been one instance, if this was any other player that had never had any any issues with the club, I think we probably look at it as a bad decision, a misguided decision, and we move on quickly. But because it's, it's one in a line of many mistakes and many careless and irresponsible and frankly immature decisions by this same player that you're paying a lot of money to, you have to wonder when enough is going to be enough. If you are the Cardinals and you have an offseason where Carlos does this and he's with your team on opening day, but two really competitive guys like Wainwright and Molina aren't with your team on opening day, if that's what you do during the offseason, what are you telling your fans? I think you're telling your fans, yeah, the guys who really care about winning, that's not as important to us as just making sure that we have the contract signed, and we've got to have the guy on our team. We've got some text, Randy. You want to roll through some? Let's hear them. How about this one from the 314? Uh, do you guys remember the Twitter porn scandal with Carlos? I do. Yeah, he liked a lot of things. Yeah, I didn't realize that people could see his likes. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that one. That. Yeah, that was an interesting one. That's what the internet's for, though. What to like, like things like that. But again, realizing that you're representing the laundry that you wear and your profession, what you do in your private life, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, I don't really care. But realize that you represent an organization and a community and maybe, maybe just be a little bit more mindful about what you're liking. Do you think Al Gore would be bummed out? You think when I say something like that, here's the guy that invented the internet. So when somebody says, well, that's what the internet is for, you think he's bummed out when that's what the internet has come to? Uh, maybe. Yeah, because the internet has come to a pretty gross place. Yes, it has. You know? <laughs> okay, what about this one, Randy? This is from the 314. The thing that no one is looking at is that Carlos already had COVID, and he probably doesn't think that he can contract it again. But there are still rules in place. Exactly. There are mask rules and social distancing rules in place. And he is more so there than here. Somebody who sets an example for the rest of the mm-hmm. people in his area, in the Dominican Republic. He, he's got a foundation down there. He's supposed to be somebody that people look up to. And it's just yet another example of him disobeying authority and acting in a selfish manner. Only really caring about what he wants and how, and di- completely disregarding how it might impact other people. And think about the message that he could send if he does. It was a video, right? That they were doing. If he and that artist, the the singer, are both wearing masks while they're on the motorcycle. Exactly. That's the message you want to send. Yeah, he's not thinking about what other people might think about it. He doesn't care about optics. We'll put it that way. Right. Optics are not a problem for him. Okay, two more, Randy. This one from the 314. How will Martinez be without Yachty? If Yachty couldn't reel him in, who can? Nobody. It'll be... I, I don't believe that since 2000... Since he made an all-star team, I don't think that 
Martinez has been reelable in. I, do, I just believe that he's out on his own doing crazy things. I don't think Yachty had any dramatic effect. Look at what the guy's done on the field. It, uh, Yachty, back in 2013 when he came up, I think commanded Martinez's respect. I don't think Martinez respects anybody. How do you think Charlie Ru- Tony La Russa would handle this? I don't think the guy would be here. I think that it would be a lot like Colby Rasmus. I think Tony would find a way to get the guy out the door. Okay, this last one, Randy. Um, I think part of Carlos Martinez's issue is the death of his friend Oscar Tavares. That could be, but he did make an all-star team in 2015. But I would think that the passing of a friend should make you more mature, and that should be more of a wake-up call. You probably shouldn't be riding around motorcycles on the bad streets in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, I do have empathy for somebody when they lose someone close to them like that. I don't know how that death specifically impacted him. But I know Jack Flaherty dealt with the death of Tyler Skaggs. Mm -hmm. And I know that Colton Wong dealt with the death of his mother and that they were still able to be professionals on and off the field while dealing with that grief. Great point. So I don't really think that even if it affected him that much that... That especially this far removed from it, that we should be enabling that to be an excuse at this point. six years now beyond that. Thank you, Michelle. You got it, Randy. And thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. And coming up, we're going to give you uh, the warning for another turkey giveaway. And you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, this is always fun. It's time for... You're killing me, Smalls. Randy, remember at the beginning of quarantine when we didn't have any sports and everyone was obsessed with the KBL? I remember that. We've kind of forgotten about the KBL. They're getting good ratings. They got good ratings. They did on ESPN, too. I wonder how how they still are, if they're still up, the ratings. They're still doing well. They did. Yeah, it's amazing. I guess people, late shift people are watching. Oh, yeah. Patrick watches them all the time. Does he? Does he have a favorite team? He does. He likes the Dinos. Well, congratulations to Patrick then, because his dinos are the champions, the KBO champions. So the the dinos beat the, the NC dinos beat the Doosan Bears. And I saw this on social media. We should probably tweet this from our 101 ESPN account. The KBO may have the greatest trophy in sports. I don't know if I'm willing to say it's better than the Stanley Cup or maybe the Masters Green Jacket, but this is one of the sickest trophies I've ever seen in my life, Randy. It's a sword in the stone type situation. You've got a clear base, and then you've got this massive silver sword that's stuck inside the base, and then the dinos get to go in and they get to extract the sword. It's incredible. It, it really is fantastic. It's better than the hunk of metal that the commissioner gives out, or is it a piece of metal that he gives out for the Major League Baseball championship? And so what happened was, I guess the captain or the top player on on the Dinos was able to extract, as you say, the sword from this clear stone, take it into the middle of all of the players, and then just lift it up into the air for an incredible photo op. It's almost as big as the player, this sword. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Okay, so where would you rank that on trophies? Better than Lombardi, not as good as Stanley, better than piece of metal, better than Larry O'Brien. Yeah. Okay. Because you still can't drink out of the sword. So Stanley Cup gets the nod. Stanley Cup still does, yeah. And everybody gets their day with the cup, which is just a sick tradition. 
But don't you think baseball should say, you know what, since we're changing things, since we're adapting to mm-hmm. the new world, maybe we need to change the trophy. And this is new for the KBO. Yes. So, yes, Major League Baseball needs to adjust and adapt and make us more excited about what they win. I think the NFL should, too. This oh. is a league that does everything big and bold and brash, and they are the at the top of the mountain. They should really revamp the trophy. They have stolen everything else from hockey in regards to delivering the trophy to the podium. So why not come up with something that's just a little bit more sophisticated than a ball on a triangle, on a pyramid. <laughs> Are you surprised that other leagues have not adopted what the Stanley Cup does, or they, or what the NHL does with the Stanley Cup, that they get a day with the trophy? Everybody should do that. I am surprised that others sports don't. I can see in the NFL where, where you'd have like 75 people, and you just don't have enough days to do it. But same with baseball, why why wouldn't baseball players get an opportunity to hang out with a trophy for a day? Can you imagine what Gronk would have done with the Stanley Cup? Oh, man. Look what he did to the Lombardi trophy. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. took batting practice with it and dented it. God bless him. Yeah. One of a kind, that one. You're killing me, Smalls. Okay, Randy, so we know that Mike McCarthy had kind of a rough start to the beginning of his Mm -hmm. tenure with the Dallas Cowboys, but they had a big win over the Vikings in Minneapolis on Sunday. And a lot of people are saying that it might have had a little something to do with the way that Mike McCarthy fired up the Cowboys before the game. So they had a final meeting before the game on Saturday. And I'm going to let NFL Network's Tom Pelissero tell you how Mike McCarthy decided to fire up the troops in Dallas. If the Cowboys go on a run here, we might look back on this win over the Vikings as the sledgehammer game. Saturday night at the team hotel in a meeting in a ballroom, Mike McCarthy gets up at the front of the room and says, guys, I want to apologize. I don't think I did a good enough job emphasizing our objectives for the week, one of which was to hammer the ball out of Dalvin Cook's hands. At that point, McCarthy pulls out a sledgehammer, not a prop, a full sledgehammer that you can knock a wall down with, and someone rolls in a bunch of watermelons. Each one has a different objective written on it. McCarthy reads the objective, bam, smashes the watermelon. He goes down the row doing this. The players are roaring. McCarthy's pants are soaked. Finally gets to the watermelon with Dalvin Cook's picture on it. Demarcus Lawrence jumps up and goes, I got to get that one. He hands over the sledgehammer to Lawrence. He smashes that watermelon. Look what it translates to in the game yesterday. They played inspired. They played physical. Okay, what do you think? What do you think about the approach? And do you think it had the desired effect? Clearly a great approach and clearly a great desired effect. But... What about the fact that he can't coach and can't teach, which we had (laughs) anonymous Cowboys players talking about? Does this solve all those issues, too? Just all it took was sledgehammering watermelon like you're on the Letterman show back in the day? You know, maybe he took that criticism, that anonymous criticism to heart. And he said, maybe I need to adjust my approach and maybe I need to bring it to these guys level. Because I I think that whatever it takes to get your team fired up, you need to do. And maybe he thought, I need to put myself in, in their position. I need to be out here with the sledgehammer. I need to be the one that's got watermelon juice all over me and then they'll follow suit. I think it's more likely that the Vikings just didn't tackle anybody 
And that's why the Cowboys won the game. That game was all about the horrible defense of the Vikings on Sunday. More about the Vikings than it was about the Cowboys actually winning a game because they sledgehammered watermelons. All due respect. With all, with all due respect, for sure. Also, how about this little nugget? Mike McCarthy, when asked about this after the game, he says that they had to bring their own watermelons because it's hard to find watermelons this type of year in Minneapolis. Oh, so, so can you, you imagine? Put them on the plane? Yep. That's great. Packing the equipment. Oh, don't forget the watermelons and the sledgehammer. Yeah, they're thinking ahead in Dallas. That's good. You're killing me, Small. Okay, last one, Randy. We know that there's been tons of disruptions in college football this year. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit next segment. But the Pac-12 had decided to reverse course and allow non-conference games. And BYU, in return in the wake of that, they tweeted this. Any team, any time, any place. This comes from the official account of BYU football. Well, then Washington, their game at Washington State was decided to not be played. Washington offered to play BYU and they turned them down. Oh, that's not good. So you're that's gonna, bad form. You're going to tweet anytime, any place, and then Washington offers to play you and you're going to decline. And BYU had an open date? That is bad form. This is from Bruce Feldman. BYU turned down the opportunity to play Washington this coming weekend. UW have reached out yesterday, but was told BYU wanted to wait until after the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday to gauge their place. Mm. Quote, it's off the table. That's lame. That's really weak. I have no respect for BYU now. You're going to wait and see where you are. Yeah. And you don't want to play this game because you're not sure if you'll win and it may somehow hinder your chances. I love tweeting that because you think or you know you're good. I hate tweeting it just to put on a show for people. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah, posers. Yep, no doubt about it. You're acting like you're confident in yourself, but you're really not that that confident. Not really. That's you're killing me, Smalls. Hey, we should give away another turkey, shouldn't we? Oh, let's do it. You were going to put a story up? Uh, story at M. Smallman on the on the gram, on the Insta. Should we just have them respond to the same picture? Yeah, we can do that with I a wonder new word. if you can do that. We can, with a different word. How about I take a picture, and it's going to say 101 ESPN. Okay, we'll do that. Because I don't know how that works, if they can respond to the same one. So I will take a picture. Hang on. Okay, we're going to take a picture of our 101 ESPN banner that is behind me. And Michelle's going to take that picture. And you need to be the first person that responds to our special word of the hour. And we'll have that word for you coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. All right. We've got another turkey word for you coming up during this segment. Pete who has won a turkey but hasn't given Michelle his last name yet. Pete, we need your last name, so send (laughs) Michelle your last name on the Insta. All right, Michelle, we've got some weird scheduling stuff to talk about during this segment, and we'll start with the fact that the KBO Championship has been won by the NC Dinos. And I want to know what you think of this format. The format started on November 1st. The number 5 seed, Kiwoom, played the number 4 seed, the LG Twins, and that was a wild card series. LG needed one win to advance, and Kiwoom needed two in a row. Otherwise, they were out. The winner of that series moved on to take on the number three seed, the Doosan Bears, in a best of three. And then the winner of that series takes on, took on the number two seed, the KT Wiz. So the higher seeded you are, the more time you get off. And the NC Dinos didn't have to play in a series between the end of the season at the end of October, Halloween, and this series that started on November 20th. 
So they spent the NC Dinos, the champions, three weeks without playing a game. Three weeks. So you asked me the question, what would you rather do? Would you rather wait three weeks to start playing, or would you rather try to gather some momentum by taking the chance on losing and playing? I know it's enticing to think that you would get time off, you would get to rest your body, potentially scout your opponent, whoever it may be, that much longer, and have a guaranteed crack at the championship. But I think I might rather play because as we've seen in the playoffs, really in any sport, but especially baseball, all it takes is getting hot at the right time. And regardless of you being the best team and having confidence in yourself and being rested and hopefully healthy at that point, you're ice cold. You have Mm -hmm. no momentum and you're playing against a team that also has confidence in themselves and has been rolling because they beat three other opponents before they head to the championship. I'd rather be a team that's warmed up and maybe a little fatigued than a team that's going to have to generate that momentum or generate that hype starting with the championship round. In general, I agree with you, but the best team in the regular season was the best team and they wound up winning the championship. So it didn't bother them. I think the sweet spot probably is to be the number three seed where you get a couple of weeks off and then you play some teams that are, that team has generally been playing since the end of the season and they were playing back in April. So they played a really long year. Give yourself yourself a tie, a little bit of time to get your pitching in order, get your health back, and then play for the last two weeks. That's the way I would do it. Speaking of crazy schedules, Michelle, Mizzou was supposed to play Vanderbilt on October 17th. Mizzou had COVID problems. That game was postponed until December 12th. So Mizzou was just going on their merry way. They did play their second game in 42 games last week, 42 days last week. But then yesterday found out that Arkansas, this weekend's scheduled opponent, has COVID-19 problems and they can't play. So what does the SEC do? They say, well, let's see. Vanderbilt isn't playing this weekend. Let's have Mizzou make up their game with Vanderbilt. Rather, on December 12th, we'll have them do it this weekend, and then we'll have Mizzou play Arkansas on December 12th. So Mizzou is heading into their third different scheduled date with Vandy this weekend. At least they found out early enough in the week. Can you imagine if this was a Wednesday and you had already done preparation for one opponent and then all of a sudden you had to change course? I'm sure that they already had people working on a game plan and already had started preparations for, uh, you know, whatever their attack plan would be versus Arkansas. But this is the the most 2020 thing ever, that you have no idea what your schedule is going to be. Your opponent could change the week of the game, and you just have to roll with the punches. But based on what we've seen out of Eli Drinkwitz and what he's done with this Mizzou program so far and the way he's been able to keep these guys focused on the task Mm -hmm. ahead, I actually think that in unusual circumstances like this, based on the small sample size we have of him this year, that this might be something that the Tigers can handle. Here's one thing I don't understand about the SEC schedule, though, is they can move these games around, and they've already decided to play games on December 19th. The Arkansas game is kind of meaningless for the SEC standings. They're 3-5. and They aren't going anywhere. Mizzou's other postponed game was against Georgia. They're a game behind right now in the SEC East. Wouldn't it be better for the Mizzou-Georgia game to be guaranteed to be played so that at the top of your standings in the Eastern Division, you are actually having meaningful games rather than in the lower part of the standings in the West? I I would rather have, if I were the SEC, Georgia play the full allotment of games. I would too, but I also think they're looking at 
quantity over quality here because they want more games on TV. Right. So that's why you're looking at the 19th and you're moving your SEC championship game back to the 26th. They still have to play. Georgia still has to play Vanderbilt. And the scheduled game with Mizzou apparently will take place on the 19th. I just, because of the 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 lack of knowledge about whether or not teams will be able to play on December 19th, I'd rather get Georgia to play all their games possible sooner rather than later. For debate's sake? Yeah. I, I think so. And maybe Florida just goes the rest of the season without losing a game. Florida, by the way, has that postponed game against LSU that they would still have to play. They have Kentucky this weekend and then uh, a game against Tennessee, and they would be done. So uh, they would play LSU on the 12th. They've only had one postponed game that Florida has. Florida should easily win the East, but you never know, especially when Mizzou is in the conference. And by the way, Missouri's sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. They're in third place in the East. And Missouri very well could finish in third place in the East, which would be a real feather in the cap of Eli Drinkwitz, I think. And here it says that ESPN's website has the consensus pick as Vandy being favored. Does that surprise you? Yeah, that really surprises me because Missouri's going to win that game. I don't know why they would think Vanderbilt is going to beat Mizzou. Vandy hasn't won a game yet. They're (laughs) 0-7. I don't know. Maybe they think because of the the schedule disruption that it could be a trap game. There's there's something about Vegas. I think Eli Drinkwitz needs to pull out the old uh, sledgehammer and watermelons. For this game. And they need to say, okay, let's put the Arkansas watermelon back on the shelf and we'll take the Vandy one out. We'll just change them out. And maybe just pound on ESPN watermelons. If they're going to pick against us, we'll show ESPN. All the haters. Yep. No doubt about it. I wonder what Coach Drink does to fire up his team. Because we know he's got a dynamic personality. We know he's not afraid to do interesting things. I wonder what... He's like in that moment before they go out there, the last team meeting. Is he Craig Berube? Is he more of a calm, cool, collected, hey, we've got our game plan. We have confidence in ourselves. Go get him, guys. I want to find out. I do, too. We need a Randy Rosarena to live stream it on Instagram. That's a good idea. All right. We have given away one turkey already today to Pete. Pete, we need your last name. And we have a magic word for you. If you respond to Michelle's picture of the 101 ESPN banner here in our studio with the word tryptophan. Tryptophan (laughs) is the chemical that makes you tired, allegedly, that's in Turkey. Now, there has been some debate as to whether or not tryptophan does indeed cause you to get tired after you eat turkey. But we're going to say for our purposes, it does. If you respond to her picture of the banner in our studio with the word tryptophan, and you're the first person to do so, you will win a turkey courtesy of our friends at Butterball. Two things here. It's Pete Hoffman who Thanks, won the, Pete. the first turkey, so congratulations And he was fired up too, right? Yes, he was very excited. Um, so thank you, Pete, for listening and enjoy the turkey. Uh, Randy, do we accept submissions that have spelled tryptophan wrong? I do. Okay. Yeah. So give it your best crack. <laughs> See if you can do it. There's no way I could get it right. And we're going to give you the correct spelling next when we get things going with Danny Mac. Dan McLaughlin scoops with Danny Mac coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Scoops with Danny Mac coming up at the top of the hour and the voice of the Cardinals on FS Midwest and our teammate, 
Dan McLaughlin is here in studio. You ever just, notice sometimes it's kind of hard to get in these seats? Yeah, they're tall. I gotta, oh, you gotta jump these up. things, man. Yeah. Every Oof. morning. Hey, when, yeah. you're, when you're old, man, it's really hard. Oof. Tough. So somebody uh, just put us on blast on the uh, text machine for talking about the KBO championship and the playoff format yeah. for a couple of minutes. Apparently, ESPN2 did pretty well with the KBO, and they're going to bring him back next year. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I was watching it when we were shut down and there was no baseball. I would watch it. Now, I wouldn't get up at 4 in the morning to watch it, but I was watching um, the games when they were still going on at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning when I get up with my kids. I'd flip it on and just there was a live event, so I was watching. And you never know. You might see a future Cardinal. You never know. I mean, KK was in that league. Right. There's some really good players, and there were some former Major League players that went, actually went over there. I think Dan Straley was one of them that went over there. Aaron Altair won the championship. Yeah, and he was a former Philly, mm-hmm. um, and they were high expectations for him. I mean, it's a place where guys can go to extend their careers, too. You know, you head overseas, and you can play, and it's not the, in my opinion, it's not quite the caliber that we're seeing in Major League Baseball, but man, there's some really good baseball being played for sure. Dan, did you see the trophy in the KBO for the championship? It was like a sword, was yes, it not? Yes. yes. Awesome. What do you think? I, uh, well, unique. <laughs> I definitely thought it was unique. I was like, man, don't swing that thing and don't let it go to a party. Like, do you, do you go around with the Stanley Cup with that thing? Oh, because that's that's not that's not going to work. Can you imagine letting Plexico Burris travel around with something like that? See, I knew if I went down that road, you'd start with this <laughs> stuff. Why? You love death and destruction no, I'm just and he weapons. Survived. Yeah, he yeah, did survive. He, he just loves weapons. Okay, worst thing: shooting himself in the leg or wearing sweats into the club in New York City. I would say shooting yourself. There's nothing I would think be worse than shooting yourself, but going to the club with. Designer sweats? Or is there something yeah. known as designer sweats? I was going to say, I bet those sweatpants cost him a pretty penny. Yeah, is there you? You are Miss Fashionado, so oh, I'm, I'm just you, asking: is is there? Oh yeah, there are designer sweats, right? A lot of athleisure wear now. Guys wear those tapered sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Some of those okay. cost like three hundred bucks. Seriously? Oh yeah. What about just going to like Walmart? We don't shop at Walmart. Okay, yeah, all right. I, you know why? I. Well, that's true. Okay, Target. Yes, Target's Target Target works. Okay. I'm down with Target. All right, let's, now we can move to Kohl's, Target. I, I got these at Kohl's, and they're great. Yeah. I, that, when, when you and I both going with black Nike sweatpants. Yeah. Um, we're good. Comfort yeah. is key on this show. It really Absolutely. Is. This early in the morning, for sure. So, Dan, you're good friends with, you've done a lot of things over the years with Adam Wainwright. We see Charlie Morton sign with Atlanta. Yeah. Should we take heart in the fact that they might not have as much interest in Wayno now. I, I, I've been thinking about that. I mean, they, they gave him, what, $15 million and mm-hmm. Smiley, they signed him already, right. too, which was around, I think, 11. Um, the the one thing, and, and I talked to a friend of mine that is tied in with the Braves, even before the signing, they said they need a lot of pitching. It's not like one or two guys might fix this. They were really happy with their young pitching that was kind of forced into the situation that they were in in postseason play. They're missing Soroka, who tore his Achilles, and then other guys went down, and Cole Hamels didn't work out. But the the point that he was making was that they were kind of looking at the the model of Tampa Bay, and a lot of teams are, but those bridge gap guys. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily are you looking for a starter. We're looking for a collection of arms to get here. Now, they they did get a couple of really good guys that can be, I don't know, frontline. Morton could be a frontline guy. But the guys that can give you three to to four innings maybe midway in a game. Now, I don't know if that's sustainable for 162 games. I think it's tough. you got to have a lot of arms to do that. But 
So would that take Wayno out of the equation? Maybe not. Um, I, I still think he's not going to cost you a ton of money mm-hmm. either. I mean, you know, the market for guys that are 40 years old with the kind of mileage that's on his body, I, 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 I got to think it's not huge. It, and if the one place it made sense was Atlanta. So I, I would still think maybe it's there. And I, I just think the right fit is here in St. Louis. I really do. It just seems yeah. like the, the planets align and the stars align and he winds up here. I, I really do think that. You know what I thought of? When I you, think Molina you know, winds up here too. I hope so. I do. I, I, I don't I don't know what the appetite is, and I guess we're gonna find out here in the next month or so, if not sooner, but what's the appetite to give him two years? You know, if you were if you needed a catcher, it'd be one thing mm-hmm. to say, let's go get him for that one year. And I, I could see that, but he wants two. And I don't know if teams would really want to go that that far with again a guy with a lot of mileage and he's a hell of a player, but he's thirty eight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if that would be something that a lot of teams would would want. Remember in the late nineties, the Cardinals had those young pitchers they liked. They, they Jimenez and Ibar and Bud Smith was on his way. And in two thousand, they decided I loved Ibar and he never panned out. Never did. <laughs> no, I and, loved and they, him. Cardinals could have had Kevin Brown for him and turned it down. Kevin Brown for a year is that and right? Turned it down, but. The Cardinals go out in that offseason after 99, and they get Bennis, they get Kyle, and they get Hentken. Even though they like their young pitchers, they traded them. And, and they Veers. Said, we, yeah, and we want to win now. Right. And that's what they did, and that would be the the similar approach in a different time and place, obviously, to what Atlanta would be doing. They love their young pitchers, but it's always a good thing to get protection for young guys like that in case Soroka sure. doesn't come back quickly, in case Anderson isn't what we saw down the stretch, in case Max Fried needs some development along the way in terms of mentorship on that team to to be able to yeah. pitch those guys at the back end and and get two or three guys that have pitched at the major league level and know what ex- expectations are i think that's a smart way to go about business and then guys i mean think about trying to get through the gauntlet of of postseason mm-hmm. i, I mm-hmm. you got to have arms you just you got to have a collection of arms now whether they come through your system and you you get an inning or two from somebody here or there, or you need the spot start like the Atlanta Braves needed time and again down the stretch. Their lineup is loaded, uh, even without Ozuna. It's still loaded, um, but they just don't have the pitching. So they recognize it, and they're going to go for it. Speaking of pitching, Dan, what was your reaction when you heard about the news that Carlos Martinez had violated the COVID um, uh, violations a, in the yeah. Dominican? Another chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that we hear about with Carlos. I doesn't sound like it's severe. Um, he's not doing jail time. So um, you got one year left on the deal. If you're the Cardinals, um, I don't think they, they cut bait with him. I don't. Um, I, I think there's just, there's especially in this day and age where your money is so tied up and you're just going to say, we're going to cut bait with this guy. I, I realize there's been a lot of things along the way. I, I just don't think they do, that they would do that. I don't think they will either. I would, but I don't think they will. Why would you do it? Because I don't think that he's a guy that's going to help you win at this point. I think he has shown what he is. And yes, he's a guy that has pitching talent. But in terms of being mature and doing things to advance his career on and off the field, he has shown little or no maturity. I think, though, from a baseball perspective... I, I'm not sure I want to see him as a starter again. I can't believe I'm saying that because he is so ridiculously talented. Um, and there's a lot of factors I think about with this. 
how how affected was he with COVID nineteen? Now, not making excuses. Some guys came back, like Lane Thomas. Mm-hmm. Ben Fredrickson wrote a great article. You were on the the Zoom that mm-hmm. I was on with Mo, and he mentioned him specifically. He did not come back right. Well, was that the same thing with Carlos Martinez? His velocity was way down um, when he was starting at the end of the year. I love him in the bullpen. I mean, I, I, he's got the repertoire to be a starter, but as a bullpen and as a shutdown guy, you may have to go to him and say, look, man, you know, even if you don't want to be here or if you want to be a starter, your best way to get to what you want is to reestablish yourself and maybe the best way for you and for us is to be that guy in the bullpen. And, and maybe that's what you have to do. Because he's got to reestablish some things here yeah. going forward. And even if he has a great year, I guess teams do get fooled by guys having a great year. So he would have the opportunity to make himself another contract if he would have I a great year. I don't know if teams would be willing to give him, because baseball, they, they know what's going on. I don't know if teams would be willing to give him multiple years, but certainly give him that one year and that yeah. flyer and say, hey, we'll go for it with this guy, sure. It's one thing if you just have a history of being up and down on the field. When you have off-field issues like he has and has had, that sends up a red flag, and yeah. it should. And that's why you maybe don't get the investment into that individual. Yeah, yeah I, I would think that would be the case, even if he has a great year. And he has the ability to do that. He could go out and have a yeah. great year. We just don't know. So, Dan, today when I'm at home, I told Michelle tomorrow she has to avoid it, but... Uh, one of my great memories in broadcasting is doing Thursday night, Thanksgiving night shows with Danny Mac, yep. where we would share French silk pies. So today I'm going to go home and I'm going to make a couple of French silk pies and I'm going to bring one in for you tomorrow. I really appreciate that. Yeah, because it's a great memory. What do you want me to do? I'll get my little just, girls. They they love to bake, so I'm going to have them uh, make you some cookies, okay. both of you, everybody. I love it. Yeah. Michelle can't have them until December 15th. Yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. I'll hold them off for you then. I'll, I'll, we'll reassess in <laughs> December you, 15th. Appreciate It'll you. be another, it, if I say, hey, I, I got a coworker that, okay, December 15th, Dad, I'll mark it down. And they'll be there December 14th making cookies. So I guarantee it. It's guaranteed. What's coming up on Scoops? Well, hopefully he shows up or he's listening, but Mark Saxon is going to be in studio. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. So we're going to have him in studio. So if you have questions for Mark, um, he really wrote a great piece about some of the evaluation going on with the Cardinals and how they go about that on the uh, in the athletics. So uh, talk a little baseball. My mindset is in St. Louis, it, it could be um, Christmas Eve and we could do a five o'clock Christmas Eve show and probably get a lot of response if we're talking baseball. No doubt about it. <laughs> it's just it's baseball town. It's just the way it is. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Scoops with Danny Mack is coming up at the top of the hour. Thanks to our producer engineer, Scott Manziara. Hey, thanks, Randy. And Michelle, great job as always. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. See you tomorrow. And we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. 
While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.